Okay. Late Flight Podcast is released weekly, discussing the topics that are top of mind for millennials today. The quartet tackle a wide variety of topics such as career, travel, mental health, making decisions, personal finances, communication, relationships, and more. With the four millennials coming from underrepresented backgrounds from the UK, being second generation immigrants, but have since traveled and lived internationally, they give a unique perspective on their journey and learning as they continue to evolve along the way. Since its start in 2019, Take Flight Podcast has grown to have listeners in over 50 countries with tens of thousands of streams to date. Come join a growing community and let's help more people take flight. Welcome to episode 97, White People Prefer for Black People to Code Switch at Work. From the title, it's clear what the episode is about, but this episode's conversation was sparked by a recent article in Forbes, exploring this in a professional working environment. We take a closer look into this and also reflect on our own personal experiences, both in the workplace and outside, and how we consciously act due to the color of our skin. This is going to be an insightful and meaningful conversation. You certainly don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Happy Monday! Oh, how's everyone doing? Splendid. Good. Okay, let me go. Let me let me do it properly. Olu, how are you? I am well. Um, it's been a tough week, work-wise, um, but rewarding. Tough week, great Monday. Um, it's getting it's getting uh, hard now. Yeah, the week's just hard started. Now. The week's just started. Oh, in case oh, the, started, our... but the previous week was uh, the rules. The previous getting, the week rules... was um, a tough week, but it was rewarding. Got a lot of FaceTime with the CFO. Um, got a lot of time presenting sort of the strategy of the company. <laughs> The way, the way, the way it I love it, I love it, I love it. Just because P, P was like, oh, the role's getting stressful. He goes, yeah, had a lot of exposure with a CFO. Trying to shut you down, P. <laughs> like, so, uh, it's just, it's been a tough week. Only work with CEOs these days, so it's cool. You only work with CEOs. Okay. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay, but no, nah, it's been a tough week, but I'm happy it's over. <laughs> um, and looking forward to sort of end of September. Um. We're probably going to try and travel somewhere—a short trip, a short getaway. Oh, not you're not with work. You mean personal? Personal, yeah. Some time off. Is okay. that is that Olu? Is this time for the infamous Bali trip or Tuesday? Uh, Bali can't be short. Bali needs to be a long trip. <laughs> okay. it can't be a short trip. Bali's so one way ticket. One way ticket. Bali's not a trip. Bali's not a trip. Bali is. You've got enough properties to to not come back. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the sorry, way, no, the way no, you I'm were, Enough stocks, enough stocks to not come back. I rate you for holding on to this barley tree, man. You're serious about it. No, I'm serious about it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Daniel, how are you? You don't, you don't need as much oh. as you think. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Daniel, how how are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm just plodding along. Just a new week, new day. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you, sure? I'm good. I'm good. I'm back in the in the in the UK at the moment. Um, just started a new role as well, which is getting a bit intense. So lots of things to learn, lots of new people to meet. Um, but really enjoying it. I think also when this episode comes out, I would have officially become a student again because I'm studying now part time. Um, and I start that actually when this episode comes out. So I'm excited for for that. And yeah, lots of exciting things. But all good. Nice. Maybe sure. Share more a little bit as to what kind of student you're going to be. So, 
Now, so I think, um, so I've been thinking the last couple of years about doing an MBA program and I was a bit back and forth about it. I was also in two minds about whether to do it full time or part time. Um, earlier this year, I decided that I wanted to do a part time program because I wanted to learn um, and then also apply real life in a work, in a role in my business outside of work at the same time. So I applied for different courses that basically catered for that. And there was a course at, at Cambridge Uni that basically ticked all the boxes. I applied. I have to give a shout out to Pabilo, Olu and Nathan for holding me accountable in my other mastermind groups as well um, to make sure I pulled through with the application. I got offered the place uh, and I officially start in September, which is in a, in a few days. And I would have already started once this episode comes out. So exciting time. Two year course is a big commitment, but it should be, should be good. Good networking and good things to learn. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'll try and do. I'll share like some cliff notes in our weekly takeaway episodes, maybe. But let's see. P, wrap us up. Um, I'm I'm great, honestly. Um, the last three weeks were tough. As expected, I knew it would be. It was just the time of the year and what we're trying to get done, work-wise, also on the property side of things. And then we had three days with the family out in the mountains just a game changer so it was yeah. just a rem- it was just a reminder of taking physical and mental breaks away from where you live and where you work um and sometimes as high performers we tend to sort of just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and we're getting stuff done and it, it will come to a point where it will break you and so I was definitely getting to a point where I was like no nah, I need something so um I'm not Batman you know, not all the time. So we, um, but yeah, no, it's good. So I'm, I'm, I'm back, recharged and ready to go again. Um, and I'm looking forward to this discussion for sure. And by the way, P, a special shout out to the young king, Karim. Happy, happy birthday! Um, big round of applause for the young, young prince, future trust fund, trust fund baby. He looked like he was waxing back the protein shakes on his birthday. <laughs> Mate, the greatest of all time, man. I'm telling you, the guy is just. <laughs> He's just incredible, man. Honestly, time flies. But now he's actually gone from like the, the baby days are truly over. Like his mm. face, he's lost the baby fat. He's slim. It's all. It's getting to a point where I think two to five. It's is. He, yeah. he looks like he's got enough power to take your knees for sure. <laughs> he's uh, he still he still squats for like ten hours a day in the same position. Just holds it. <laughs> so uh, all good. <sighs> But that no, is, it's, it's a decent segue for us, actually, about the ad, ad, like the future adapting, whether you need to adapt or not, how, how the future looks like. Probably that's a, a window, Daniel. Precisely. So the title of this episode, episode 97, is White People Prefer Black People to Code Switch at Work. <laughs> White People Prefer for Black People to Code Switch at Work. Was that the title? Okay. That's the title. Startling. Startling title. Startling. That's the title. I'm code-switching I'm, I'm code already. So, folks <laughs> <laughs> around this, this episode, this title is also the title of a recent Forbes article, and that's going to form the basis of this discussion. So stay tuned. Let's go to, we're going to get locked and loaded. So... Guys, we're going to talk about code switching at work, but before we do so, we're going to define what code switching is just for the listeners and also for the context of this discussion. Mm -hmm. 
So we're going to define code switching as the adjustment of one's style of speech, appearance, behavior, and cultural expression in ways that optimize the comfort of others in exchange for fair treatment, mm. quality service, and employment opportunities. Some of these adjustments include attempting to sound white or form of or from wealthy English-speaking backgrounds for those with accented speech, to increase perceptions of competence and straightening your hair to appear more professional. These can seem like minor temporary inconveniences, but the cost of not doing so could and may contribute to inequality in housing, arrests, and hiring. So that's what we're defining as code switching for this conversation. We're gonna get straight into it in terms of, do we think there are benefits, disadvantages of code switching? We're gonna share some personal stories, but who wants to kick off? Pete, you got a lot to say, you start. I'm throwing it out there for how you ever you yeah, want to start no, the this, conversation. Can, can yeah, I just, just add, just, just with one very quick remark, what we were talking about before we pressed recording, just the fact that, Daniel, you shared this article a few weeks ago, and we thought it would be a great uh, discussion to have. For me, I had never been even made aware of that terminology before, code switching. I knew what the behaviors were, but I wasn't aware of it. But then in the conversation that we had pre-recording the episode, you guys, you said that you're familiar with that term, right? And it's something that you've heard of for, for years. Because I think that's also an interesting context to to give where maybe behaviorally we've been doing it but the terminology might actually be be different or it's it's not as yeah, widely the, known yeah the term can be used for people that are multilingual bilingual and would switch from one language to another depending on their environment but in this context we're talking about the the way we speak our behaviors um how we might dress our appearance etc so the code switching can sometimes is used interchangeably for one's you know speech or bilingual ability but actually before we kind of double click into this conversation i would like to just share a bit around the article and what the, the studies um, suggest and what the article evokes so it talks about how black people may change their appearance and how they may speak in a professional environment at work there are also some examples of in the media how it's exploded we've all probably seen memes and gifs of when barack obama i think was um, saying hello to a number of different people. He got towards black people. The handshake was somewhat <laughs> different. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, that's my G. Um, we've seen others, you know, in football lockers or in American football where they see someone of the like that looks like them. They they, they act differently. Um, so in the study, in the article, it was, it suggests that white people prefer, prefer their black colleagues to code switch and deem code switching as professional work, workplace behavior. So what they did, they asked a black and a white woman, well, they asked a black, white woman and men to evaluate a fictional black coworker in a law firm who shares that they either code switch or do not code switch at work. In the code switching example, the black coworker shares that they use a white sounding name, strive to speak standard English and straighten their hair. In contrast, the non-code switching black co-worker goes by their given black sounding name, uses their normal African American vernacular English and wears their hair in a natural state, which is textured. And in this comparison, they compare the reactions of these characters to different racial groups and gender groups. Overall, the participants perceived that the code switching black co-worker was more professional than the non-code code switching black work co-worker, 
indicating that white people's norms and values may define professionalism in workplaces. Black participants also perceived that the non-code switching black co co-worker was more professional than white participants, suggesting that mar marginalized groups also value and recognize black cultural norms as professional work, essentially meaning the black people didn't see a problem with their black co-worker in the natural hair state with a black sounding name and using Ameri uh, Af African-American uh, vernacular English. So that's just to kind of paint the picture of mm. this conversation and the discussion, which I think is quite eye-opening, especially when we work maybe in predominantly white areas and may not even notice these things or even look, look in the mirror ourselves and realize that we may change slightly or subtly just to fit in to, to the crowd. So does that is everyone clear on on that? Yeah, yeah. Crystal. Okay, Pete. Yeah. Pete, what are your thoughts yeah. or maybe yeah, the article or maybe some personal experiences? Just my first, I'll get my initial reaction and I guess we'll get into the conversation. Um I think I think first we have to understand that if I speak from the, the lens of a, of a black person, of course, we are growing up in a Western society and we're trying to, you know, make something of ourselves and on the path of doing that, we're stepping into white-dominated global companies, right? So I'm not surprised that co-switching is a thing because ultimately what, we're what we are doing is we're stepping into a territory which is not owned by us, right, um, historically. And, and co-switching is almost a survival tactic to get us in a position where we can start to, th we believe we can start to thrive, right? And so you're trying to figure out a way or navigate through a territory that's new to you in order to make sure you stay there and you continue developing yourself now i think there's levels to code switching i think that what you've been talking about daniel i think is the ex there's some ex there's some extremes there but for me what comes to my my initial reaction is just survival tactic um it's not our territory and we're trying to figure out a way on how we can adapt to stay there um, so that's what I'll say. Let's 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 go around and then we can share some more thoughts. Yeah, um, sure. I can go. Oh, I can go. Um, yeah, so I agree with Pete. Like, code switching is typically done as a survival method, right? And I think in this discussion, we're talking about workplace and around white colleagues. But when I think about code switching, right? I think it's something that you do to make other people comfortable or to protect yourself. So code switching could be, hey, I'm going to a rough, rough neighborhood and I need to act a certain way, put a shell on so that I'm not seen as a victim. So I don't think there's anything. Um, I don't think code switching is a surprise, like P said. I think the difficulty is that we spend so much time in work and working. Right. So. The problem with code switching in your work environment is you spend, let's say, for example, eight hours a day, right? So sort of one third of your life working, per se. So typically you're spending one third of your day, your life, having to make other people feel comfortable. And that can be mentally straining, right? And I think we're going to go into some details and some experience, right? But code switching is critical to surviving um, in the corporate world, personally, I think, right? Um, and I'm not talking about code switching as, oh, 
the person sounds white or they sound posh. For me, that's not really even like I think you can for the listeners, you I can think that's hear, taken it too far, but we can yeah, get I think into that's that. taken it. But I think on the core and the listeners can hear the way each and every one of us sound differently. Daniel is very articulate, right? But I would never turn around and say Daniel sounds always trying to sound white. No, I'll say Daniel is very articulate with the way. So I think that's taking it too far. But there's certain areas and experiences which I faced in the corporate world, and we'll go into it later, where it gets straining. Like it's very straining to just continuously feel like you have to make other people feel comfortable so that you can potentially accelerate or advance in your career. Interesting. Sure. I I mean, not to repeat anything that we've already discussed with uh, Pibila and all these thoughts. I think the only thing I would say is this. Again, the terminology I wasn't aware of, but the behavior is something that I'm definitely aware of. I think for me in school, it all started back then because I grew up in a predominantly white British area. There weren't many non-white kids in school. So right from the jump, you're already sticking out and it's very easy for people to point you out and say that you're different. So I think there's that element where already right from a young age, you're trying to fit in. I probably would love to see if if people who grew up in more diverse um communities if they feel like they needed to do this more or less but i definitely think at least from my perspective of where i grew up it's something that was kind of ingrained from a younger age to the point where definitely when i was younger i would say that i would try to shy away from my cultural way of doing things or like the food we eat or the things that my mom and dad would watch but then the older that i get i think the more comfortable you get and embrace this culture a bit more and actually you want to embrace the diversity as a strength rather than something you want to hide from. Um, but we can talk about that in more detail afterwards. But that's been my general experience of it from a young age. Okay. How about yours, Daniel? What's your take? P, your own P. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, sorry. Um, one thing that I think is common, because I think there's, there's um, you can get on either end of the spectrum, ex extreme levels of, of code switching. But I think one space that is probably quite common is if I start switching, like, for example, a common thing is I, I talk slang when I'm with my circle of friends. And when I'm in the workspace, I don't use any slang. So you're not going to hear me say, well, go on, what's going on? What are you man saying? Um, what we, what, what's, what's the next? What's the next? You're not going to hear me talk that way. And I think that in itself is perceived as code switching. But actually what you're doing is, is you're, you're speaking the language of the environment that you're in, right? Mm. So I think, I think sometimes people have a, a, People like I know there are some people in my circle that say, "Be yourself." How you talk to the mandem is how you should be talking. But I feel like you're missing the picture of that's not going to work. Like you, 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 you wouldn't if you did that. I feel like you're not trying to be there for very long. So it's for me. I think the common one is 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 around that slang, right? Mm. Um, and yeah, it's. it's and see, you, I, I think you explained that quite well because. The point of language is about clearly communicating yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So if I go to the office and start speaking slang, right, I'm going to waste most speaking of my time trying to translate or speaking too far, trying to translate um, what I'm saying. Like, what does that mean? The person will be clueless, right? And that's the, <laughs> so it's, I don't call that code switching. I think is using it is using language as a best form of communication, right? I remember when I first started as an intern. I had a few calls with the team in Asia, right? And I learned that the best way to communicate was by slowing down 
in terms of the way I was speaking. So it's had nothing to do with quote unquote code switching in that scenario. I just see it as trying to clearly communicate and making that other person be able to digest it versus if we both just start speaking two different languages, right? <laughs> it's just going to completely, you're not going to be able to get the message across. Mm. But Daniel, what about you? Yeah. No, I would be echoing a lot of what's been said. And mm. I think there are different extremes in, in ways that you can code switch. There's code switching in the sense of all it's necessarily term it code switching, but adapting to the environment you're in. And that, um, leads on from what people are saying about surviving. There are certain parts of the world that you wouldn't be speaking like this in order to survive. <laughs> there are, you, you would appear a certain way if you're walking through a certain neighborhood or a certain area in different parts of the world. You know, my, when Ollie and I went to Johannesburg and or going <laughs> to see my, my, my auntie, I asked her, is it safe to kind of walk? It wasn't too far or get taxis. She said, no, is it safe to walk to um, a supermarket? She said, it's okay, but walk around like you own the place. Don't be, don't become an easy target or a victim. And that's just not really changing your appearance, but walking in confidence and making sure you don't look like you're you're a tourist or you, you're not you're not a, you're not from this area. Where I feel as though, and what this article really highlights to me that was very different is the appearance. In the last year, year and a half, with Black Lives Matter protests, with many people and organizations wanting to change their DEI sort of narrative and what they stand for as a company. Ladies' hair has become a hot topic about how people's hair should be, look, what people's hair should look like in, in, a work, in a workplace and what it shouldn't, even for men. And there was a part, there was a time when um, there was some images going around on social media of black professional hairstyles and unprofessional hairstyles and you know it gives some stark results that you'll be shocked as to why they would deem and term that as unprofessional and what is termed as professional just to give you a bit of color every professional hairstyle that was as a result from that google search was a white male and that's something that even coincidentally someone who was an intern someone who did a placement went to university and came back to my company full time. He messaged me a few months ago and said, Daniel, I'm thinking of changing my hairstyle to this. Do you think this is going to be allowed? Because he said, I haven't really seen anyone in the office like this. And he's not sure. So we had, you know, we, we had a conversation. What, but, hairstyle, what hairstyle? Yeah, which yeah. hairstyle was it? He wanted to put Conroe's in his hair. Okay. Because his hair had grown during lockdown and he wanted to, to change the hairstyle. And, and that's something he wanted to do. Trying to be a brain I feel... but I'm on Venice Beach. <laughs> <laughs> but I say that to say, it's, it's, I say. <laughs> oh my God. I say that to say, even with these examples. <laughs> oh my God. And that's funny. Do you know what's funny? Because I've seen, I've seen Karen with Cordrose. <laughs> He got me, Nandy, and, and the way that Karen's rocking it now in my head, I'm thinking I can imagine Karen with the cornrows, and people are looking at him, being like, "You're breakdown, bro." <laughs> and Nandy, this oh my god! Now keep it, keep it, keep it. Go ahead, go ahead. I say that to say, it's quite interesting that this is the perception, even from this study, this these two 
fictional characters that white people see their straightened, the, the smooth textured European style hair as more professional than someone's natural hair. And that's quite, mm. if you, when, you, when you think about it, that's quite alarming. And the fact that if someone felt they needed to code switch and change to, to, to fit that narrative, that's very different to how you speak in the workplace. You're changing your appearance, changing who you are, just so that you can be taken more seriously, taken more professionally. So that would be, you know, my, my initial thoughts on that. But yeah, flip a, flip a, flip a, flipping this on its head, do you think there are benefits of code switching in, let's say, the extremes? In the I think workplace? so. Look, look, I think I, I think there are because and. And I know I've got some boys that are going to listen to this and hit me up after and say, P, nah, get you're it wrong. Out, you're, you're a sellout. Selling out. You should be cultured. <laughs> and I think it depends on, on how you're doing it. But this is the reality. The reality is that, I speak for myself, predominantly you're coming from a low-income background, right? And you're stepping into a space where you're ultimately there to develop. You don't, you don't have the ingredients. You don't know left from right when you're, when you're starting up. And so you're doing what you think is necessary to, like I said, stay, adapt, survive, and then ultimately thrive. So code switching helps you on that path into, in terms of developing. I, I think the benefits, the biggest benefit is it helps to groom, right? It helps a certain level of grooming, certain level of professionalism that can get you to a point it helps your branding. You can actually then, you know, look back and, and, and help others that are in similar positions. The alternative, because I'm, I'm thinking about alternatives, is you create your own from an early age. You don't ever walk into a, a global company that's predominantly owned by white males and try and work or succeed in that space. You create your own. And by creating your own, you can create your own rules, your own culture and, and how you go from there. So, you know, and, and unless you do that, there's going to be element of of having to mold, adapt, um, and that's 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 what it is. But I just think let's not forget where we're coming from when we talk about this. And code switching is an element of of is a tactic or an approach to get to where I think some of us are today. Right. The question is, well, yeah, I think P P. I think Daniel mentioned the extreme because, and I think that I just I want to maybe I want to understand when you say some of it is beneficial or that is grooming you, what you mean about, because co-switching could be, I think there's extreme versions of it. And I think Daniel mentioned one in terms of, let's say, for example, your appearance, right? And if you think about it from, uh, I think we're talking from this from black men point of view, but imagine it as a, a black woman that goes to the office in natural hair and natural hair is out, right? Now, are you saying for her to... In, like progress in a no. workplace now she has to straighten her head so like i think you need no. to specify I, I think, what you mean yeah about that. I, I think i'm more spe i'm trying to i'm more speaking from and i need to probably widen it from from a black male standpoint but th there's an element of that process of course switching is almost like a bit of a corporate training because you are it's, it's from everything it's perhaps the way in which you know you, you sit up on on, on, a, on a meeting table you actually, you know, try to articulate what you're saying. You actually groom yourself, right? You shave, keep yourself well shaven. You keep your, your hair cut relatively low. This is this is stuff that we didn't learn well enough, I think, on how to do, right? Um, I don't class that as... But who, who said we had to do this? That's the thing. We're now assuming 
that we have to change the way we look because we have to fit a certain narrative. Who said that we had to be clean shaven? Of course, it depends on your industry and you know what, what industry you work in. But who said that you had to keep your hair relatively low? Because I'll tell you what, when I was in when I was in secondary school, we had a, a school guidebook handbook. On the first page, it had some rules that we had to adhere to. On that first page, it said that your haircut could not be lower than a grade five. I said, this is rubbish. I am black. Grade five is more than what I've got now on my head. And we had a teacher. If you had your hair too low and you could see your scalp, you get you get sent home or get put in isolation. My guy, my friend, Anton, Big up Anton. Come, come, come with shoe polish. So that when he got to school, polish all over the head. So it looked like he had a full head. That's how that's that's how deep it was. But but maybe we should also talk about the point in time. I'm actually referencing when you're starting in your career, right? Because one of the one of the questions, Daniel, I know is um, that long term. We can talk about what it's what it looks like today, right? But I think when you're starting up, there are benefits in in going through a process where you're where you're code switching because it, it, I I feel like it's a part of cleaning up branding you can't come in with that with that hood if i came in it it, it depends where you've come from and how you've been brought up because there is some sort of professionalism you have to to deploy in the workplace some bro for most of us clean up big cleanup yeah i think where i'm struggling is i'm hearing p and i'm hearing professionalism but i don't take that into co-switching and i think that's where i'm like yeah And that's where I'm struggling because I think professionalism is not a code switching element is you're developing those skills, how to hold yourself in a room. It's got nothing to do with, even if you were in a room full of black people, right? And your parents or whatever, they'll teach you how to be professional and talk a certain way. When I think about code switching, I'm more thinking about more the toxic element of code switching in terms of how, like where you don't feel comfortable to truly be yourself. So let me give you a perfect example for me personally, right? Um, I'm a dark skin, quite physical appearance sort of looking guy, right? Big chest, big chest, big, big chest. <laughs> intimidating. You know, physical <laughs> can can be perceived as intimidating, right? And during my whole sort of work experience, right, I've always have, I've always having to sort of second guess and think about how do I make other people feel less intimidated just by my presence mm. so perfect example i first year of union whatever i didn't really wear glasses i used to always have contact lenses i felt comfortable in my contact lenses right but i realized you know what some people start to feel more comfortable with me being in glasses versus being in contact lenses and that was a conscious decision that i had to do when i first started my role now do i is it less professional if i got contact lenses versus glasses right is similar as in, will I, even if it's a casual Friday, right, when I first started my career, would I be comfortable enough to have a cap like this on, right, when I first started? Or will someone be intimidated by me being in a cap in the office? And I think that's the element that is is draining, right? Mm. And it's and I'm, I'm thinking it from a, even a male point of view, right? If I think about it, I've had some conversations, some female um, black girl, um, girls that I know who have got natural hair, right? And having to feel like they can't just be themselves in that in that sense. Now, I feel like that's something where we need to hold the organizations more accountable. And the only way you can hold the organizations more accountable 
is by their exposure to different cultures and understanding that different cultures um, is, is got nothing to do with professionalism, right? And I tried to, and I had to do this growing up and working in different scenarios was like, slowly I would allow people to understand that, okay, you know what, Olu likes hip hop music or Olu likes this sort of music, right? Just because I feel like I'm an example where that person can say, I work with Olu, right? Olu's a black person and he likes hip hop music, whatever, etc. In case they're outside of work and they interact with another person that likes hip hop music, automatically they want to equate that to, oh, this person's a hoodlum, right? And I remember a good another story we had was, I remember when P came to Paris. This is a funny one. P came to Paris. So P, I think Nathan, a few other friends of ours came to Paris to visit me whilst I was working there. And there was one night that we decided to go to a club. And if anyone's seen P in a club with music <laughs> going on, just to note, this was before any knee injury that Pabilo has seen. Before any knee injury. <laughs> what are you talking about? P is living his best life on that dance floor, having a great time, right? And that night out, there was a few work colleagues that were with me. And I remember I we were having a great time on the dance floor, running, just enjoying our life, right? One of my work colleagues, a white guy, came over to me at the end of the night and he was like, you're Olu. Like, you're black, black. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, what does no, that wait, mean? Pause, 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 pause. What was his nationality or ethnicity? It's French, isn't it? Uh, French, uh, German. German. No, German. German nationality, right? And I was like, I, I wanted to understand more what he meant about it. And he's like, oh like you and your God. friends, you know, listen to hip hop music. Like, haven't you guys are so cool? Like, you guys oh, no. are really black. And I was oh, no, like, I, didn't Wait. I don't, I don't remember you swinging for anyone that night, bro. So what's going no, on? No, because again, <laughs> I use this as an opportunity to educate people versus someone that's never interacted with a black person. And only black version that he's seen is someone in the TV. workplace. I'm not gonna be or in TV, and in the work <laughs> office, I'm not gonna be living my best life listening to. Jay-Z and Kanye West and like that's not professional right in that scenario but I I use that as an opportunity to say show to him no no don't get twisted I'm black in every aspect but there's different behaviors that are appropriate for different environments so this is where I'm saying like we've got to be careful with saying switch coding is okay in the workplace when when I'm more referring to it as less around the professionalism and developing as a professional and i'm talking mm. more of the toxic elements where it's like no change your appearance change your hair change the music that you truly like to change the topics that you might want to talk about it, like that is different and that's not healthy if one like i mentioned eight hours you spent you spend in office if one third of your life right you spend having to be someone completely different that's not healthy there's no, and you're right, and and I think, and I think, I think, I think what you said, I think that's that's so important to clear clarify as well. I think there's an element of clarifying what it means to be professional, and then other part which is not changing your code on who you are, just to fit in because that shouldn't happen anywhere. Like you can still keep your DNA, right? But yeah. then it's perhaps cleaning cleaning up some of the pieces, like I mentioned, from based on where you grew up. And you don't realize um, that how by you staying true to that element, and other people seeing it how important it is for other people. Because mm. I remember 
I was an audit manager um, and I was driving a few of the associates to the office. And whilst we were driving, it had, I had Drake playing at the time. And Shout out, uh, certified lover boy, by the way. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had Drake playing. Um, and my work colleague, like one of the associates who had just joined the team, like a few, a month, two months went by. And she came over to me and she was like, look, I want to, am I frozen, guys? Or Yeah, you're frozen. Yeah. It's a really funny smile. It's, it's a funny, really oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. I lost okay, it. I lost ahead. it. Pin screen Is it better now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, where was I? Okay. Was yeah, that so, that? <laughs> um, yeah, so I remember um, a work colleague of mine, she came over to me like I think two months afterwards and she was like, thank you for being authentic. Like it made me feel comfortable to bring my true self into the office. And I didn't feel like I had to pretend like I like classical music or I had to be a certain person just to fit in. I could truly be myself. And that's what I think is the importance of just understanding what is being professional and what is mm. truly changing in a toxic way. And you've got to be careful with that line. It's funny you mentioned that about the music and not having to pretend you like classical. <laughs> and it's, it's, no, no, Pete, what's on? What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Cool. cool. <laughs> no, because I'm someone who actually likes classical music and I go to classical concerts uh, and I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. And when sometimes I'm at work. Where you learn that like, from the corporate world? No, no I, I learned this from uh, from GCSEs. I, I like classical music from back in um, when I was studying. The reason I started listening to classical music was, was when I was revising for my GCSEs, it was one genre of music that I could listen to without being distracted. And I enjoyed I enjoyed the melodies and, and different types of music. And something at work we do we sometimes have like jukebox sessions an hour or we share a song on a friday where we just have half an hour and we just people might opt to share a song you know why why they like the song and what it means to them and we go around and i've done it a few times and the music i've typically spoke chosen is ludovico einaudi and Hans zimmer and i remember i was asked once i said hey, daniel do you, do you like classical music i was like yeah i love it but i felt like they were asking me in the sense of they were surprised. Do you actually like it or do you listen to other music as well? They were like, said, Daniel, no, actually, are you supposed to be playing some whiz kid? Like, where's that African stuff? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> no, I, think, I, think, I think they were expecting more of hip hop or, 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 or rap. And I said, no, I really like this music. I said, this is one sort of music that really evokes different emotions and different feelings. It gets me in a pensive state and it's just something I really enjoy and it takes me back to certain, to different certain memories. And I said, every time, you know, Ludovico and Aldi's in London, I, I make sure I, I try and go and see him live. And that, you know, I, I don't shy away from telling anyone that I like classical music on Ludovico and Aldi. Um, in the fact that when people actually know who he is, and many people have heard his music, but wouldn't necessarily know who it is, they're actually quite shocked. And it's, for me, it's just like, I would have a conversation with anyone who would talk about, you know, sort of classical music or want to go to a classical concert, you know, BBC at the proms at Royal Albert Hall, I'm there. I would take that over a Whis Whiskey concert, over a Burner Boy, any of any of over any of those concerts. I don't even care for them, to be honest. I would rather pay spend my money on a classical concert where I can enjoy the music, the different instruments, and just be in awe. Damn, I just want to go to, to one concert now. <laughs> but, why but, that's, but, that's, but that's you, Daniel, being your authentic, authentic self, right? And I think whether it's rap music or 
classical music or Hans Zimmer or WizKid. I think the idea about code switching is where you're repressing your authentic self. But in this case, that that is no, you, I, right? That's your passion. No, that, that's me. But people would assume otherwise that I'm actually changing what I like or the music I enjoy listening to because yeah. I'm trying to fit into a certain, certain narrative. And that's, I think, Daniel, the key thing there is that there's no one version of black. And I think that's the key key thing for a lot of our white listeners, right? In our workplace, we're, we're doing this um, reverse mentor mentoring where yeah. black employees and white employees match together and you talk about sort of your experiences. And at the beginning of this conversation and call, I said, look, I am not going to be able to articulate every black person's experience. I'm only going to be able to articulate my experience and what I've seen from friends and families, right? But one thing I want you to know from the get-go is that there's no one definition of black, just the same way I assume there's no one definition of white, right? Mm. It's more based on your environment and upbringing. Go on, Dan. Like you said, there's no one version of black, but the thing is, I think sometimes things are so simple, but others don't see it as so simple and straightforward. Mm. A recent example, MP, cabinet MP Gavin Williamson, met with Mara Otoje, a Saracens rugby football player. He thought he met with Marcus Rashford. Like, I don't... I, th- those are things where it's incomprehensible. Like, like, In his mind, all you black people look alike, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, is, this, is slightly, this is slightly off topic. Yeah, but why don't you two at the top? So why don't you, well and P, why don't you give us some experiences on the toxic, like I'm thinking more toxic code switching that you've experienced. Some of the, give us some experiences. Okay, Kudo, I'll have a question, in fact, for Pete. Mm-hmm. Let's rewind to May 2012. We finished mm-hmm. university, you've packed mm-hmm. your bags, you're going to New York for your internship with Novartis. Didn't what Kabilo did you take when you landed and arrived? The knees were definitely healthier. <laughs> no, I was... I, it, it, what it is, yeah, I think for me, I'm probably struggling right now to to define the difference between being professional and being code-switching. Mm. But I took I took myself, I just was a professional pabilo, maybe, it, like, to the fullest extent. So if I had, say, some of my peers watching me, they'd probably say, okay, he doesn't talk like that with us. That would be their response. Is that code switching? I'm not sure. I'm just trying to bring, you could, I don't know if you could argue that's code switching, but I tried to bring the highest professional level that I knew mm. at the time when we were in New York, um, because that was the environment, right? The other people that were there were also graduates. Um, so for me, it's, 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 yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, tra- because Olu's, Olu's making a, a, a clear point around code switching and it's, it's losing who you are to fit mm. in. And I'm actually looking at thinking about examples. Have have there been times where I've actually not been myself in order to please this particular executive or to make this particular senior manager look at me a certain way? I think what I've done is I've not shown my full self as opposed to switching to something else. Mm. So for example, I wouldn't bring my like I wouldn't bring my full self to work. I'd bring a fraction just because I'm not quite sure. I'll give you a classic example, the one that came to mind. Um, might not be a strong example, but it's one nevertheless. It's about music, working, playing chipmunk, 
Um, and he, the guy. Wait, which, was just, which song? Which song? Fire alive. I can't remember. No, I can't remember. I can't remember. Just bars. You know, just crazy bars. <laughs> 2013. And and um, one of our favorite executives walked past David Murray. He pulled out the earphones for my ear, and I my heart was beating so fast <laughs> because because I felt. Because he 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 respected myself and Shua of, of our profiles and liked everything about what we had brought to the table. Um, we were pretty much ourselves with him. But what I didn't want him to see, I didn't want him to know. I didn't want him to think, raw. This is this this one's from the hood, you know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't want him to get that impression. So so when he when he took it, he took it out. I tried to pause it, and I think. I scrambled and I just said to him, he, he kind of said, oh, who's that? I said, oh, yeah, just some guy. Just some guy from London. I was scrambling. So what, what, do you, what do you call that? I didn't code switch, but I don't want to give him my full self because I'm afraid that he would then perceive me a certain way moving forward and say, oh, he's actually, he's actually hood. But you know what I mean? So that's where, for me, my personal experience of, of more being around that. And I think what's happened is over only when you've spent a number of years in a certain setting, then you can actually start to bring your full self to work. Right. Mm. So maybe the last four or five years, it's been not an issue. It's not, it hasn't been an issue. And actually there's power in doing that because then people see, you know, your authenticity. But in the early days, I didn't want them to, I didn't want, like, for example, I didn't want, I didn't want anyone to engage with me and get the sense. Is this guy from Edmund Green? <laughs> no. why, not, why not? Did you feel that that would block opportunities internally, give a different perception of you? Why, I, did, why did you want people to know? I felt like you're going to just devalue me. You're going to just look at me and say, oh, yeah, we're just giving him, a, we're just helping him out. Or we're just, you know, it was like you devalue me. You, you feel like you're helping me out. I don't, I don't belong here. All of those things were in my mind, right? So that's kind of maybe my personal experience. And in the early stages, P, did you think you belonged there? Y yeah, no, I never thought, I never not, I never ever thought I don't belong here because I know the kind of work that I'm putting in. John Crank, Rooms, I know, I know the work I've been putting in, but there's not enough of us in, the, in these environments. So you're thinking, I'm the only one they're going to look to and think, yo, where's he really from? Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I don't think I doubted myself in being there. It was just more, okay, how do I survive to stay here? And one of the ways to survive is show them a fraction and, and be professional. Leave all that music behind. I'm not going to tell you what I really enjoy listening to. That's, from, that's when I go home to my room. Do you know what I mean? I'm banging Meek. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, yo, Meek just dropped the album, Troy Avon, then, man. I can't tell you that. To get what I'm trying to say, but so, moving quick question on that. Do you not then think that could be detrimental to someone else who comes into the organization that looks like you? For example, if you've now tuned yourself to be that also kind of model black role, perfect role model, perfect black role model, or perfect mm -hmm. black professional, someone who now comes from a similar background, similar upbringing to you, who mm -hmm. now comes into the workplace hasn't had the necessary information or kind of pep talk that you need to kind of tune yourself to, 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 to mold it, to, to, to be molded. And then now start comparing the two of you saying, oh, you know, Pepito, very professional, articulates, 
crosses his T's, dots his eyes. Never and listen to hip hop music. Yeah, never listen to hip hop music. Always, you know, very sociable in work outings, meetings, always adding some valuable contributions and keeping his mouth shut when he needs to. And we've got Jamal. Like, just comes in five minutes why late got, every day. Why'd you, why you, got, be, why'd you, why'd you got to be called Jamal? <laughs> because <laughs> keeping it narrative, keeping a narrative in terms of the Forbes article, it's a, a black sounding name. Tyrone. Jamal now comes in, doesn't really care to, 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 to interact with others, keeps his headphones in, music pumping. Very different behaviours to you. And this is only highlighted and amplified because the two of you are black. Mm-hmm. If there were white individuals, it never there will never be a comparison. But the fact that you're black, there will be that comparison. So do you not think that may hamper someone else's experience? So a couple Just of things. I think, yeah, no, I think so today I'm 31 and I think um I think I'm a great I think I'm a great more role model for someone coming in new to the organization. At the time, back in 2012, I was 22 years of age. All I know is I'm coming into this new environment and I'm not trying to blow my opportunity because I like meat meal so much. I want to hold on to that identity <laughs> or I like the, I like saying Wagwan so much that I'm going to use it in this workplace. I'm saying, look, I got one shot at this. Um, my mom's put in work. I'm, I'm going to do what it takes to adapt, survive and thrive. Now, you're absolutely right. But this is where I think over time we start to improve the situation. You also have to understand most of most of my experience from most of my experience i've only been i've been the only black person in these environments the only black person on certain flights the only black person in certain corporate rooms so there's not there haven't been enough of me to also for me to feel comfortable enough to be like you know let me let my guard down you get what i'm trying to say so so there is since but since i've been working over the years we've had more and more of of um, diverse backgrounds coming into the space, which makes us feel more comfortable, right? Myself and Shuel. But in the beginning, it's just me. So I'm not about to say, yo, Meek, what are you man saying about that thing? Ain't about to happen. <laughs> so Pete, you, you, did, you definitely okay. said, uh, you spoke enough about Meek Mill on the weekends to make up for the weekdays anyway. <laughs> Shuel, share your, share your thoughts. No, it's interesting because I think, especially, you know, I think if I think about the early days when I first met Pabila, especially in 2012, that especially in that New York trip, I thought, wow, this guy is serious. Like this guy, like never jokes. He like never. And then straight only face. Through, always straight face. And it was only during the summer when we were actually in Switzerland that I really got to know him. And I thought, wow, this guy's got a great sense of humor. But in the office, if you're trying to get this guy to say a joke, mate, it is like squeezing blood out of the stone. And I remember. That's another one, sure. Just on that one, another one about code switching. This is another one we haven't mentioned. Is the way you laugh. Oh my god, <laughs> this is a big one. In the in the end, if I'm with if I'm listen, if I'm with if I'm with Leslie, I'm screaming the house down. I'm running over cars, we're going crazy. In the work environment, yeah, if something is genuinely funny, the laugh is like I can't even do the laugh right now, but it's it's like is it is it like the honorary one? <laughs> no, no, that's it. It's very it's very sort of I don't know how you would call it constricted. It's, kept on the wraps so you're if i was to laugh the way i want to laugh in the work environment i feel like they'll say to me pabilo get up and leave <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's just that's just how i felt so anyways but i'm sure sorry continue but I, but I think it does really i think i think there's a couple of elements i think there's an element where it's just self-development i think all of us when we get 
mature feel a lot more comfortable in our skin then probably the need for this code switching touch wood reduces i was just thinking when pibila was talking about it i think it all comes down to representation and how many people you have that look like you around you in particular environments and i think whether you're black or or brown or muslim or whatever religion a lot of these things or a lot of these cultures people typically won't get exposed to it apart from what they see in the media or entertainment etc and all they'll have is basically their experience with you and that comes with like a, a weight to it where if i know that someone hasn't met someone from a bangladeshi community before and i'm the first person then probably the way i react and the way i behave will signal to them whether it's intentional or unintentional that actually okay this is how this community typically is and i think a lot of people from diverse backgrounds who don't have as much representation think about this a lot more and probably because of that they feel like this need to adapt but it reduces over over time in terms of these personal scenarios it's difficult because because apart from those times in school when i'd be very conscious about what food my mum gave me for lunch or mm. um conscious of the fact that the the previous night i had left my school clothes near the kitchen and my mom cooked a banging meal that I loved but then it made my clothes smell so when I'm walking to school the next day I'm conscious that oh what if people say that my clothes smell a particular way these are things as a kid that get quite ingrained and you're probably conscious of this as you grow up now I think it's actually become yeah, a that's why that's why you was banging the aftershave in it <laughs> <laughs> but that's a habit but then but then growing up I've actually seen how that experience has somehow turned into a strength where when I'm in an environment where I've just relocated to Tokyo, there's no other British people in the office, let alone British Asian people. I have to, to a certain extent, adapt because now people don't shake hands, they bow. People greet the most senior person first rather than whichever age you are. So there's all these cultural adaptations that I think now I can adapt to in a better way, easier way and connect with people quicker in different parts of the world because of actually that experience as a as a younger person. So now I think there's elements that can become a strength as long as you still don't hide the core identity of who you are. Um, but again, that's as Oli said, we're all speaking from our own personal experiences. Not each experience can be the same or will be the same. One, one thing I'll add, and I think we've all experienced this, is nowadays, and it's, it's take, it takes years to get to this point, you're, rev you're almost revered for who you are. Mm. They love you, right? Because, because you're bringing a different perspective you you get it you're still yourself um and you're valued um and you almost look back and think why would i have tried to be anything different in the beginning but it takes it takes a while to get there but i think today you know if you took us out of the organization they would say hey, where are you guys going we'll, we'll pay you more to stay they, they really <laughs> appreciate um what we bring to the table right and and, and ourselves no doubt they people don't want to hire not that they don't people don't hire black people because they want them to share the same thoughts and experiences as them they they share the same experiences as them they have diversity of thought and opinion hence they want to create a more diverse workforce whether it's for uh tick box tick boxing exercise or it's really for well whether it's formative or whether it's genuine but the fact is if you don't allow yourself to bring not wouldn't say code switch but if you don't bring yourself to work and share your experiences your ideas and your thoughts you're actually not helping the organization nor you're helping to bring other black or brown talent through the door because when they see your value when you share those experiences they think wow this is someone we can learn from we need to get more people like this through the door can, can so i ask you guys be... sorry daniel 
I wanted to ask you guys a question. Do you do you observe code switching or notice it more now than you did like five or ten years ago in the different environments you've been in? Hmm. Um, I exp I experience it less, but I think the reason mm -hmm. why I experience it less is just because you grow confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think as you start to progress in your career and accelerate in your company, you realize the power in your identity and your true self. Mm -hmm. So I think in the initial stage and Daniel, I think, and P, I think you mentioned it a bit, but I. I, I saw so many benefits from my upbringings and a lot of stuff that I learned outside of work and learned in my neighborhood and where I grew up. Mm. Right. I, I feel like there's so many things it taught me in terms of work ethics, right. And not taking certain things for granted and being able to think a certain way outside of the box. Right. And maybe not having all the information and all the resources, but being able to still get to some sort of solution. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think when I first started, I think I mentioned it, right. There was an element to me where it was, I was trying to hide because I didn't want to be seen as confrontational, um, loud, mm -hmm. aggressive. Right. <laughs> I could be listening in a meeting. Right. And you'd be like, wait, that doesn't make any logical sense. This is the right way to do it. But you just didn't feel comfortable enough to speak up because you're like, oh, I don't want to be that person. I don't. What do you know about it? Or like you're being aggressive what you're being confrontational etc right mm. now i've reached a point where i'm like screw it i know the quality of my work and i know what i bring mm. to the table so for a lot of the listeners i i really say look code switching is the code switching is something you and this is the difficulty right i try to switch it between code switching and being professional and professional there's nothing wrong with that and i don't see that as code switching right is even what she well mentioned about going to japan different cultures. I spent most of my life traveling as a consultant. Mm. You learn different cultures. You learn the way to greet people. You adapt to those environments, the way they work. That is completely different, right? And I think as a young professional, you need to do that to develop, to grow, to be able to get into certain rooms, take it outside of the corporate space, whatever business or endeavors you decide to take in life, you're going to need to know how to interact in those particular rooms. So that's one side of it. Now, in terms of the toxic element of code switching in terms of your appearance, I say, look, it's all about bringing your best self forward. And at the end of the day, you've, you just, I've looked at it as, look, I've just got to work harder in that sense. Right. I've got to work harder. And I think work harder when I get into those positions, like my, my name, right. My name on a CV, you can tell I'm black. There's no, there's no, when you get to that inter interview room, you're going to know who I am. Right. So I try to make my experience and my qualities and my expertise do the talking. And then I also like to add the last point is as you as you get as you get more senior and you get into your role, I do believe it's our responsibility as the representation to bring our true self to work and feel comfortable because there's other people watching us and wanting to say, okay, you know what? I can be here, right? I cannot like go for whatever and only care really about football and still be comfortable and be able to accelerate in the company. I can come to office on a dress down Friday if there's no clients or whatever and have a cap on and still be able to get my work 
like my work. Day. Better, only if it's like, a tape flight hat, Olu. That's, only a, that's a tape flight hat. <laughs> no, but it's I do feel like there's an importance of because the only way this whole switching in a toxic way is gonna get resolved is representation, but not mm. just representation in entry level, representation on all levels, right? The CEO needs to have another exec or VP on his board, which is black, which he interacts with, goes out, goes for dinner, gets to understand so that that way his biases, which we all have, we all have biases, will be challenged and tackled, right? And that's the only way it's going to happen. I feel like the people that are on my same level, you feel more comfortable to have certain conversations with people on your own level. Like listen to certain music with people on your own level and it's not looking like a promotion, right? So I remember um, my CFO, we used to go to the gym together. He would be like, yo, I can't get that Nigeria jersey. Like we would have conversations in the gym, like proper. (laughs) And it was all because of his diversity and interaction with other people. And I think that's the only way you're going to solve the code switching element. But yeah, sorry, the other guys. P, you said you had something to say. No, I just, I just, I'm I'm reflecting as we're all talking. I, I think, I think also code switching, we I, I think it's very important to speak to people that are starting in, in their corporate careers because they could start, they could set the tone with themselves on switching to a point where they've created this identity that they have to live up to. And that is where there's a big risk because then at what point do you then switch back to who you are? You don't, you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror and not be happy with, with what you're bringing to, what you're, who you're presenting yourself in corporate. So I think, I think it's particularly important for those who are starting because you don't know you're looking for a reference point mm. and if there's not enough of you out there it's like well who do i be well, okay let me be so but then i think what, what sorry that's what point i wanted to make based on what we have experienced at this stage the advice would be to those starting is be yourself because if you can and this is why i think i said that's my point i wanted to bring if it's taking me this amount of years to really be who to really bring my full self to work and I can see the benefits of doing that and I can see how I'm revered and how people want to work with me what happens if I was like that from the very beginning and I didn't I didn't worry about where I came from and actually in fact it's actually looked upon more favorably the fact that I came from maybe more of a disadvantaged background for example so so my advice would be to people to to people starting is non-negotiable on being professional that, that's something you got to clean up. You can't come from ends to this place and still act as if it's ends. Do you know what I mean? Something doesn't go your way, you want to start swinging. That that can't run. Right? Get, that, get that thought process out of your mind. Because I've had conversations with guys where they said, something's happened at work. And it was like, if that was if that was on road, it's long for that person. So, so, so professionalism is 100%. But what I would long say is... Time. What does long for man mean? What does long for man mean? What does on road mean? Does that mean yeah. in the middle of the road? <laughs> you might have done. What does man mean? If you can really be as much of yourself whilst being professional, you've cracked the code that I think is a tough crack. It's a tough code to crack coming from black and brown communities it's almost and like need, and p you need to be that even outside of corporate whatever if you're on your property element right you need to still be professional to speak to your solicitors 
your estate agents, etc. You still need to, otherwise they're not going to take you serious in that space, right? You know, maybe a perfect example of someone that would never code switch, has never code switch, um, but you you can see it. they don't fit and they weren't trying to fit. It's someone like a Dame Dash, right? He He's someone like, to what you point, it's a, if you, if you say anything the wrong way, he's taking whatever he knows in the streets to your face. So it's, it's... But as you know, on, just, just building on that, and I know we're running a little bit over on time, but from from your guys' perspective, how would you perceive someone like Jay-Z, for example? Guy's been course switching his entire life, bro. The only two got to a billion, he started growing his hair up. But no, okay. Let me be be serious. He he has he has a, he has he had a vision. He has a goal, and I think in order to get to that point, he had to navigate a certain way. So I don't know if he's I don't know if he code switched, but he had to adapt and mold himself, be malleable to get to where he is. Right. But mm-hmm. it is interesting to see how he pre- presents himself today, because for a long time it was short, cut hair, shape up, um, which fits the profile. Um, saying but now he, the music he was. The music he was releasing at that time wasn't really code switching, quote unquote, right? Mm. So I, I personally don't feel like he's someone that did code, code switch. I think obviously he had to. What about adapt. the boardroom? What about the boardroom though? Yeah, he had to adapt to being able to gain respect in a boardroom, right? I think so. But in terms of, I, I personally don't think he has because of the music he releases, right? It's not you could you could say yeah, his appearance looks a certain way. He doesn't wear chain. I think he's just grown and developed evolved, grown evolved, and yeah, evolved. over a period i wouldn't say it's, yeah. it's like when he first came out it's just like us right when we first came the most important thing was to get a nice watch like maybe when we first started right and now i don't care about watches you want to get property so someone might look at that as oh you cold switch you don't wear no jewelry but no in a sense you start to find other things so question actually on that one because maybe jay-z is difficult we don't know right but who is anyone that you know that for you has code switch and has never switched back? <laughs> that you've lost. <laughs> that you've lost for life. <laughs> is there anyone that you know? Um... Uh, that I know. Mm. That's a tough one. Do you know what would be funny is if we ask that question to people that know you guys and they're like, yeah, Pabilo, Olive, Daniel. <laughs> no, a lot of people are going to say P. A lot of people are going to say P. But P's but people one is say not... P because they didn't know him. They don't know. They didn't, they know they didn't P, necessarily see. But it's see. more P is like, oh, I, I'll, I'll cut friends off if I need to. Like that, that mentality. <laughs> people will be like, oh, that's cold switching. Like I used to talk to P, don't even talk to me anymore, just because I'm not on property. Just because I'm not on property. So I can imagine people saying P, <laughs> but. Um... No, I can't. But you guys, but you guys can't think of like like people in your lives that you thought, okay, this this person switched and we've just never seen them again. No. Well, I'm just thinking of a Kanye West. I don't know because his journey has been incredible. Um, would you call that code switch? I mean, you never know because you don't know them as personal know, yeah. individuals. Um, I think I think there's elements you do it in pockets. I, I know I've probably done it in pockets, right? The the danger is if you do it to the point where you don't ever return back to who you was. That's 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 a mad thing. Do you know what I mean? But Daniel, let's talk quickly about the hairstyle you wanted to rock one time. <laughs> when you wanted to, when you wanted well, to rock with the pop, yeah, talk about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was a, that was a like a mother, but, but actually, 
<laughs> oh, you guys need to explain to me this, Hester. What happened? There so was... No, wait, wait. Dan, chill, Daniel got active when Pavila asked him that question. So, <laughs> so we're in the kitchen. We're in the kitchen at, um, at university, and it's quite it's quite full. I think that everyone that lived on the on that floor was there, plus some other guests yeah. as well. Daniel always dresses the he always carries himself extremely well. Yeah. Um, so he's walked in nothing nothing less the usual, right? He's got a he's holding the bag. <laughs> the thing about it, he told me a couple of days before I'm thinking of trying a new hairstyle, but I just thought Daniel's just just being silly, just bored. He just wants he just chatting. He walks into the kitchen, yeah? <laughs> I kid you not. What he'd spent time doing is taking a comb and he'd created a line here mm. and he'd combed it like that. Like a parting. Like yeah. Like a parting. Yeah. Bro, you don't understand. He was, tra- it was almost like, you know, you know, Carlton from Pr- Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> he was kind of going for something like that. He walked in, he walked in, done whatever he'd done, and he left. I was screaming the kitchen down, bro. <laughs> Because I was like, you're joking. <laughs> because because to do it as for black hair, what you've got to do is you've almost got to take like a dax and you've got to apply dax in either direction, mm. right? Yeah, and then you've got to a comb to make it stick. It doesn't our hair doesn't work that way. So mm. what the hell was this guy doing? Like you either do that or you straighten it, and he ain't had time to straighten it. So he's putting he's applying some dax. So he's done it. Walked in the kitchen, didn't say a word, and went back out. <laughs> and I just said to myself. What is going on? So Daniel, explain. Because no, that just... is code switching. That is code switching. <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't even working for a company. Why, why, we were why, still in why is it code switching? Why is it code switching? Why? why have you seen a white person? Have you seen a white person like that? What was you trying to go for, bro? <laughs> Me, I was going for a different hairstyle. I just wanted to see what a parting was like. My granddad had a parting. Big big boy part, like all the way down there. So, so Daniel, have you, do have, you, have you done it? Have you done it since Daniel? I'll do it right now. <laughs> I don't think the thing is, the thing is, sure, I've got to show you. I've got to show you what he was trying to go for. And when you see the hairstyle, you will say, "Because hey, I said guy, the picture." I said the picture. This guy yeah, was. Thought, yeah, this guy was selling that night. He was selling out, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. He probably went into his room and played classical music, and sat there and locked his room. <laughs> no, but I was just trying. I was just trying something that was, was silly. It wasn't. It wasn't permanent. So it's just something silly. But saying that, I've often thought of. I'm not someone for patterns in my hair or something like that, but I've often thought of just doing something like a line or something. I thought, mm, nah, this wouldn't really be perceived well at work. Mm. And of course, I'm past the age of kind of doing those things, but sometimes you just thought, oh, you know, so, just something. But then you always think about the perception. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, ask you, let me ask you a serious question. I, I know the answer to the question. I want to ask you anyway, though. Have you <laughs> ever thought in any situation, has any situation ever made you think, let me change my name. Deepo. Change my name or change your name. Like change it fully. Change it fully. Yeah, <laughs> no. Deepo. No, not change my name. Like I remember, which I it took me some time to even get used to. Is I went to this um, executive leadership um, training, mm-hmm. and she asked me to stand up and let's just go through an interaction of introductions. So. She's like, hi, my name's so-and-so. I was like, hi, my name's Olu. And she was like, Oli? I was like, no, 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 Olu. She's like, Ola? I was like, no, 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 Olu. We were there for like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the thing is, back one, and forth. One, one, thing, and... one thing I read about, one, one thing I read about you is that um, 
he, he will nothing. Not, we yeah, don't no. we don't do anything next until you correct money. <laughs> if you say Allah, Oli, whatever you say, yeah. if you don't say Olu, we're not and moving it's just forward. Because there's so much power in your name, right? Mm. So I feel like that's not an element which I wouldn't want to change or switch code. Like most of the time, when I tell people my name, the next question is, what does it mean or what is your full name, etc., like that, right? Which my name has got such a strong meaning, which is something that I see strength and power in, right? And my parents, my grandparents came up with that. So I would never want to switch my name. And it's not something like, obviously, it was difficult growing up, right? Everyone had like an mm. English name. You had friends who might be like called Mark, Daniel, or whatever, right? And <laughs> you might. <laughs> I didn't have an English name, right? People would be like, oh, what's your English name? And I'd be like, Ade Wale. <laughs> if that's what you like, I don't have an English name. So I just see it as power, right? Um, in there. So no, I wouldn't change it. Because that's, that's a whole nother. Just, just, I know I knew the answer, but I just wanted to see if you had ever been through an experience that considered you to think, you know what? If I was to change it or give myself a nickname, would I get more opportunities? No, right. It's just something like that. I've um, never seen that as holding me. Like to be honest, as soon as I've got into the corporate world, right, I don't really feel like there's anything that's held me back. But I also understand that I've had to work twice as hard to get where I am. So I don't see anything holding me back. But I do see as I believe I'm. I've come from a. I try to stay away from a like a victim mindset, and just say, look, anything I want, I can have. It's just depending on what am I willing to do to get it in, in, in the nicest way possible. Like you said, in the most professional way, what am I willing to do? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a clip and a half that in 10 years that sounds like we're not talking about coast fishing, we're talking about selling our souls, bro. Always on a whole other level. Yeah, what am I willing to do? And a lot of things I'm not willing to do. Because cool. code switching, because changing your name is is code switching on a whole extreme level. Like I'm just thinking of people out there that may have thought, if I change my middle name or last name, would I would I be perceived a certain way? Would I get more Would I get more lookings in my application process? But there are there are definitely people. There are people I know that have done that. They've they've chosen to use one of their other names on applications because they're not getting any luck with. Uh, any or any responses or interview invites because of uh, a different looking name that isn't English, whether it be Middle Eastern, whether it be uh, a Nigerian name, Ghanaian name, people have used other names because of the perception when applying for jobs. And Daniel, saying that, right, I know like through applications, I probably have had some rejection based on my name. The issue I have is this, what can I change it to? I can't just make it like a random name up and then get to the interview and just say, hey, by the way, my name's actually so-and-so. Like, it's, it's, it is what it is. No, no, no. But yeah, because yeah, it's very, it's different than your, yeah. I think, I think the last thing, because I know we're probably going to bring it to a close. I think the last thing I'll just say, um, I think it's so important for individuals like us who have gone through that process of, we could say, really finding ourselves and finding our feet. Um, maybe I speak for myself to have conversations with the people that are starting their careers to say look i've i've gone through that journey so you don't have to be yourself from day one um and if you can be yourself from day one then you've 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 done most of the hard yards because then because then the journey is much more easier and you will feel more not that 
for me personally, I ever felt like I was not not really myself. I, I was just adapting. So a certain it's a different mindset. But um, but yeah, I think it's so important for us to have those conversations whenever we get the opportunity to, because someone's look someone right now is starting, and they're contemplating who they should be to adapt. In fact, thousands of people are doing that. And I think building on what P said, I think which this conversation is good that we've had this conversation because I think a lot of people are probably going through this as well is understanding the difference between being professional and what is co-switching. Because I think what P mentioned initially, I think there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's around adapting to your environment. Shawal mentioned it in terms of going to um, Japan and having to learn how to greet people and the way they just do business there. There's nothing wrong with that. For the new people going, for our listeners starting their career or in their career, you should never see anything negative around that element. But in terms of the toxic element of um, co-switching, that's where you should try to bring your authentic self to work because that authentic self, I personally think, brings the best out of you, right? It, It lets you take that weight off your shoulder, whereas like, is everyone judging me, judging the way my hair, my appearance is? And truly, you can focus on really delivering in whatever field or space you you actually work in. So thank you all for listening to episode 97 of Take Flight Podcast. We are three away from 100, which means it will be a Take Flight takeaway. However, we might switch things up. Nevertheless, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. We hope we brought some meaningful insights and conversation to your commute, your workout, to your walk, or your general downtime. We hope you found it invaluable and useful. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can f- submit any feedback on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast, or you can email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. Stay safe, have a great week, and we will now be releasing these episodes on a Monday. God bless. Take off, take flight with you.